Gen X Grown Up is a YouTube channel website and audio podcast you're listening to right now. All made for and by people who love exploring media, games, tech, and toys of yesterday and today through the eyes of Gen Xers who refuse to grow up. Your dinner Welcome back, Gen X Grown-Up Podcast listener to episode 29 of the Gen X Grown-Up Podcast. I'm John. Joining me as always is Mo. Hey, everybody. And George. Hey, how's it going, guys? We are back from uh, a pretty <sighs> darn big event <laughs> <laughs> last week, Dragon Con in Atlanta, Georgia. Yeah, I'm still waking up. I love going to those things. Man, they're tiring. <laughs> yes. I need like a few days off after. <laughs> that one way more than most of the others because of the logistics of the five hotels over four city blocks. Oh, man. Oh, it was crazy, wasn't it? People, and all of yeah. them in, in like spandex or some kind of winged outfit or something. And we're <laughs> trying to lug equipment past them to go do an interview or something. Just nuts. Yeah, and anything you wanted to do was uh, because it was so spread out, right? It's like, well, we have this thing we're going to do. It's, it takes 10 minutes. Well, yeah, but it takes 20 minutes to get there, 10 minutes to do it, 20 minutes to get... So, so like anything you want to do takes 45 minutes to get done. Oh, easily. Right. And then you get back and you're tired and you're sweaty. You're like, oh, something else in 10 minutes off I go you know it is I mean we were working it right and so we weren't like trying to go to a lot of stuff someone that goes that to attend it I can't imagine they go down a track and they're like I have 20 different things happening at this time how could you possibly make it to anything you want to see it's amazing oh, I know I mean, I couldn't get over just the number of, just the sheer number of events they had going on at any given hour. Yeah. In one hour, there's like you said, 20 things going on. And I'm like, how do you schedule this out? <laughs> That's probably the under on that line is 20 things going on in any given hour. Oh, you're right. You're yeah, right. Probably. Yeah. yeah. I read they have that uh, Dragon Con TV thing that like uh, right. you can, for an extra price you can pay and they record every single panel and event that there is so that like you can go and watch them streamed later. Right. And that's just like, okay, you have overextended yourself and now you're going to I could just watch it on TV and not go to Atlanta I mean, what's the point of doing that well and you know that's a significant point that you bring up they were rather restrictive on where we could film and what we could yes film. they were a large yeah. part of that has to be that revenue source that they have for that Dragon Con TV channel yeah, that's a good point yeah usually when we do a convention like one of the first couple like day one we'll do a welcome and a tour and walk around yeah. the dealers room we walk around the panel rooms we walk around the walk of fame and stuff like the that vendors the, yeah, the art. And if you yeah. read down the list of uh, when you sign up for your press credentials, it was like it was like a checklist of things we filmed that you can't film. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> don't do this. Don't do this. Not even the dealer's room. No. Where they're selling stuff you couldn't yep. film. Yeah. Which no is dealer's room. <laughs> not in the art gallery area where they had a really very nicely done like art exhibit with a silent auction mm -hmm. and some yep. really nice pieces. But nope, no filming. Well, I think, George, what you said, though, that makes them click to me like that makes sense is why they would stop it. Yeah. Or not want you to do it because that's trying, right we were trying to figure out why we were there we're like why the hell wouldn't they want us to film there you asked a youtube <laughs> channel to come to your event and host some panels and have a table if Let's you not record a YouTube anything, guys. channel there but you don't want us video in case you guys aren't sure youtube is a video platform yeah. video is a big part of what we do on youtube that's true <laughs> <laughs> but no we captured the hell out of one major event at dragon con they took good yeah. care of us with a press location to record that huge dragon con cosplay parade oh, oh yeah my god yeah that, that was, was like what an hour and a half out there on that saturday easy. yeah easy yeah but it felt like four right yeah <laughs> <laughs> Especially when the sun came out. Yeah. Yeah, it did. Yeah. Because remember at the beginning, we were like in the shade and we we're like, oh, okay, this isn't so bad. This is going to be great. Yeah. And then like five minutes where it started, the sun crest the building. Right. And we're like, it's like oh. somebody turned on the heat lamp. Right. 
<laughs> have you guys looked at any of the other parade videos out there on YouTube? No, I just looked at ours. I have. Most of them are single camera setups. You can hear the background audio in a lot of them and everything. But man, John, you knocked it out of the park with that edit. The three cameras that we had. Oh, yeah, it was oh, great. Oh, you guys rocked it, man. We had so much coverage. We had Mo in the street with the Steadicam gimbal. Right. We had George doing shots. I had one camera up high getting cover shots. And man, that was fun to put together. It was fun to watch. I was really surprised how well it came out. Yeah, I compressed the whole like hour down to just about 10 minutes. Yeah, it was a good 10 minutes, though. It was a solid 10 minutes. I mean, I thought I'd watch part of it. You know, just hey, I'll watch some of it and see how it came out. I wasn't watching the whole thing. Well, it goes fast. Yeah. You know, I just tore through it. It's like, here's a look at everything. You don't have to sit and stare at the whole hour. So there was so much, though. Oh, my and God. And that wasn't the only thing that we were allowed to film. We actually got some nice interviews. We got a couple of writers, a couple of comic mm-hmm. book people, mm-hmm. a couple of the Walk of Fame people. George, you got to talk to a couple of pretty substantial celebrities from our generation. Yeah. We got Walter Koenig, mm-hmm. Chekhov from the original Star Trek. That's right. Super nice guy. Oh, yeah. Super. Nice. And then we got the very interesting Gil Gerard, Buck Rogers, <laughs> Buck Rogers. The, from the 25th century. Uh, that was a <laughs> show from 1979 and 1980. I hope you're reminding our listeners. I know when that show was. Yeah. <laughs> I watched it when it first aired. I know who Dr. Theopolis is. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and, I mean, one thing I really liked about Dragon Con was that they had a lot of like book authors. Mm-hmm. Every other con doesn't really, I guess, because they're not really big celebrities, right? Authors are generally not big celebrities. Except for like Stephen King or those guys. Right. Yeah. Sure. You know, I got to talk to Robert Sawyer, who if you are a sci-fi reading nerd from the 80s, you totally know who he is. There's the grandmasters of science fiction. He's probably like the masters of science fiction. Wow. It was it was pretty cool for me to see that. <laughs> it was a huge learning experience. I'm sure we'll go again. I think we've learned a lot about how to do it better <laughs> and how to manage right. our time better. <laughs> and, and we've learned that the way they manage their time is a little bit more nebulous than we tend to look for. <laughs> right. That's a good word for it. Nebulous. <laughs> for a fan-run organization, I mean, the fact that they pull this off at all is impressive. Oh, yeah. Sure, uh, for sure. It's a little bit seat of the pants, but it happens and it every worked. year. So, yeah. Before we jump into the show, I do want to uh, do what is my favorite segment of the show always, which is fourth listener email. Oh, I thought fourth it was coming to George. Yeah, yeah. We had a great <laughs> email from Ryan C. And I'm just going to read this in its entirety. It was so awesome. Ryan says, just wanted to send you a message to say thanks for making the podcast. I've been listening to a lot of them as I drive about 800 miles a week in L.A. traffic for my job. And it's by far (laughs) the most entertaining non-sports podcast I've been shown. Wow. Wow. And that is just a a random endorsement, too. We didn't even pay for that. (laughs) That's right. It's non-solicited. Ryan says, my dad showed the podcast to me on our drive from Missouri to L.A. And I've been listening ever since. Thanks again. Keep up the great work. Wow. Thank you, Ryan. (laughs) <laughs> well, I guess we got to keep making these things then, huh? I guess so. Yeah. The, you know, the email about canceling the podcast, forget right. that. We're going to keep <laughs> okay. on going. Thanks to Ryan C. <laughs> Ryan, thanks for writing it. It means the world to us when we get these yeah. emails or we get the reviews on iTunes, just people that take a second. I mean, we love you listening, but man, when people take that one step further to just drop us a line and either tell us you like something or tell us we screwed something up, just the fact that you're paying that much attention, that is, you know, that recharges the batteries for me. And I just love hearing from you. Absolutely. So, Ryan, thank you for writing in. Yep. Let's get on with the show. If you pick up your phone this weekend for only 22 cents or less, you can dial any other state in the U.S. with our new weekend rate. 
I've Heard That Song Before is a podcast about the jazz standards of the great American songbook. You'll hear your favorite songs from artists like Duke Ellington, Ella Fitzgerald, Billie Holiday, Ray Charles, Frank Sinatra, and many more. Be swept away by the most memorable romantic classics of the jazz era while exploring a wide array of some of the greatest interpretations of this magnificent body of work with host and jazz musician, Joe Hunter. Listen to the new season of I've Heard That Song Before on your phone, tablet, or anywhere there is a podcast app. Or go to thefrontporchpeople.com. Kicking it off then with the media, the things that we love to watch and listen to and read. George, I know you want to talk about something that is uh, something you're reading, but it behaves like a, a TV show with seasons, right? It does, actually. So it's a comic book, big surprise. And yeah. <laughs> it's called Solar Flare. I've mentioned it once or twice, probably on mm-hmm. the podcast. We've done we a have talked about it before. From the first yeah. one. Uh, they just started two Wednesdays ago from the time this releases. Uh, Solar Flare season three. Isn't that the one that like kind of starts or is based in Florida kind of thing? It is. Yeah. Yeah. We've talked about that. Yeah. Yeah. The author actually lives in Florida, lives in Fort Myers. The series starts in Fort Myers with a man who, after this cataclysmic event, the, a solar flare hits the earth and not out all electronics throughout the whole planet, essentially, or at least everything that the characters can see in their area. Right. Knocks out computers, TVs, cars, even planes, boats, you know, anything that has electronics in it completely fried. Which is everything. (laughs) Pretty much these days, right? Right. He and his merry band of friends start making their way north through Florida, trying to reach his daughter, who was staying with his parents, her grandparents, because they were separated during the time of the solar flare event. Season three starts off with a perspective from one of the sub-characters that's part of the group. I'm looking forward to seeing how this plays out through the season because there's only six issues in every season. If you missed season one or two, those are available on the Scout Comics website and you can buy them as individual issues or you can buy them as their trades in all of a collected issue, which is really nice. So what are we expecting to see in season three now? I've got no clue. I've talked to James a few times here and there, but he's been very tight-lipped about this season. Hmm. Season three, he wouldn't tell me anything. (laughs) And I've known James now for about two and a half years. So you're not looking forward to season three from an insider standpoint who you know the cool stuff that's happening. You're just looking forward to it on the caliber of what's come in the past. Exactly. I mean, okay. it's very smart writing. James is really great with the writing. The artists that they pick to do the series, they've really found somebody who's in line with his thought and what he wanted to develop for this. It's got a lot of drama. If you enjoyed the TV show back in the day that was like two seasons called Evolution, or if you enjoyed Joy, Walking Dead, it's got that same kind of vibe and feel to it. Yeah, it's semi-post-apocalyptic, but it's an EMP apocalypse, not a zombie apocalypse. <laughs> exactly. Kind of, and of yeah, course, gotcha. just like in all apocalypses, the most dangerous thing afterwards are the other people. Yeah, yeah, because people yep. are scumbags. That's true. Well, that, that's true pre-apocalypse, but yeah, it holds yeah. true <laughs> after apocalypse <laughs> as well. Pre-apocalypse, so there's, just... some, there's some law enforcement around to kind of... Yeah, <laughs> people are the worst. People. Yeah. I hate them. <laughs> Mo, how about you? What have you been checking out? Since we you know do this whole YouTube thing um every now and then you know this you know youtube will give you recommendations for stuff right right it gave me a recommendation for something that it turns out has actually been out for a really long time but i never saw it before which is called all hail the king okay now you remember in iron man 3 the mandarin yeah oh yeah, yeah. right 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 and the yeah, actor no, ben not kingsley. The mandarin, ben but, kingsley. Yeah, ben kingsley it's somebody right. going to prison and interviewing ben kingsley 
after that. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. So is he interviewing the guy who played Mandarin or he's interviewing Ben Kingsley? Ben, uh, no, the, he's Ben Kingsley as Mandarin. He's like as the guy who played Mandarin. So, yes, yeah, Ben Kingsley in prison. What? Yeah. That so how did Ben Kingsley, how did he get in prison? It's like a follow up to Iron Man movie. I'm so confused. Yeah, remember, because he gets arrested. <laughs> did they arrest him for his bad acting in Ender's Game or? For a, a betting terrorist. I don't know, something like that. OK, so. Or so, so OK, so it's the character. It's the character Ben Kingsley plays. It's the Kingsley. character. It's the character. Okay. All okay. right. <laughs> yes. That's what I meant to say. I thought that was clear. No, they- there were so many <laughs> layers of inception here. I'm like, is it Ben Kingsley? Or is it Ben Kingsley? Is he playing Ben Kingsley? Well, uh, the reason why I said it is because Ben Kingsley is actually playing the role again. Okay. They didn't right. get substitute actors or anything. I just like being John Malkovich again or something. I don't know what I was seeing. <laughs> And it's just like watching. It was just super. It was actually really entertaining. It, apparently, it's been out for a couple of years. I never heard is of it. Is it a movie or a series or what is this? It's a little short. Oh, it's just a little short. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And the guy's like, yes, you know, it's like one of these investigative things. You know, I'm going to go, to, you know, I'm going to Socialist Prison to, in, to interview the <laughs> infamous Mandarin. Okay. And you see Ben Kingsley, like, you know, you saw how, like, when he was not, when he was playing, like, the real actor, he was kind of like goofy. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. It was more like a hippie. Yeah. That's why he is in prison, except apparently, like, a group of the population, like, really like him. Like a lot, <laughs> so he has this gang that follows him around now. Like he has a fan club inside. He has like of prison. a fan okay. club in there that's like basically like his protectors because <sighs> he's kind of such an idiot. He always gets in trouble, but they like protect him. It's really funny though. You should check it out if you get a chance. <laughs> okay, yeah, so link going in the show notes below for all yes. hail the king, right? All, All right, so it's game. been out. It's on YouTube. There's no reason not to see it. Yep, it's free. <laughs> right. If for no other reason than to, to comprehend what we just talked about. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I don't know why. I explained this to a bunch of people. They understood it. <laughs> <laughs> well, we were clearly not as smart as your other friends, Armo. So. <laughs> So how about you, John? What have you been watching? Last week, a film came out that was not even on my radar. And then I started seeing it like pop up and people mentioning it saying, like, remember last week I was looking forward to The Nun, that uh, the Conjuring right, film. Right, yeah. And I'm like, well, I'm watching a review for The Nun and they're like, man, last week we had great films like Searching, but this week we got The Nun. More and more people talking about how great this film was and bad stuff came out the following week. So I looked up Searching and this thing's got like 90 something percent of Rotten Tomatoes and wow. I'd never heard of it. Stars John Cho. This is the one I told you about at Dragon Con. You did? I don't remember yes. you telling me about it. Of course okay. not. You never remember when I tell you about something good. <laughs> well, you know, past experience, you know. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. And so, it was John Cho searching for his daughter, but it was all like first camera kind of This is amazing, stuff. amazing, yeah. amazing. I went and saw this film. I, I wanted to see it badly. So last night I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go see it. I went by myself. I went to the theater, got my nachos and sat down. And let me tell you, I loved this thing from the beginning to the cool. end. The only thing I wow. don't like about this movie is that now I've seen it and I can't enjoy it again for the first time. <laughs> oh, right. Because you already know the secret sauce, right? The biggest conceit of searching is the entire film is on someone's screen. Right. There's never just a shot. Literally, the first frame is... The iconic Bliss wallpaper from Windows XP, right? Oh. The green field with the blue. That's literally when it comes up from black, it's that. And it's booting Windows XP. And it's like this time lapse and you see this family evolve from when the daughter's born and he creates an account for the daughter when she's born. And so they're all three logging in and the history. Anyway, 
I won't get through the whole thing. It's amazing. There's never a single shot that's outside of a computer screen. So it's basically saying our society is framed by our addiction to computers and mobile devices and things like that, it sounds like. So you would think that would be the obvious, easy thing to do, but it really shows about how these electronics allow you to be super connected, how our lives are woven into that, because, Mm, you know, there's no spoiler alert here that his daughter goes missing. That's kind of the trailer of the show. That's the plot, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's the plot. And there's so much have this film, if it was not done the way it was inside of a computer, would have been like a four hour film. Wow. Because there's so much happening. He's multitasking on the screen just like you would. Right. So he's talking to this detective that's assigned his case. And while he's talking, he's got Google open, searching for her, finding out who she is. And should I trust her? Wow. You know, it's like he's got multiple windows open and he's doing research. He's comparing photos and he's looking up contacts lists to find who someone is. And it's like he's doing his own investigation. Just feel like hyperbole here that I'm just going nuts over it. But I loved it. There's so much in it. It's a great mystery. There's some little twists, you know, not like Shyamalan. What a twist kind of twist. <laughs> but there, there are little twists in it. Oh, man. And there's like more than one twist in it. It's, it's, it's so well done done. Wow. There are times you're like, oh, they can't do this on a screen. Oh, no, this is the, the news coverage from the chopper cam on someone's PC. Like, oh, damn it, they did it. Cool. They figured out a way. <laughs> Man, I would see it again. I can't recommend it enough. I'm going to talk about any more of the details, but five tokens out of five for searching. Uh, if you haven't seen it, absolutely go see it. I can't recommend it enough. Cool. So, George, the reason why I didn't go see Searching with John yesterday was I was not feeling well. Okay. The good byproduct of that is that I got to see binge watch the second season of Iron Fist. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. That just dropped. Yeah. yeah, I, And I got all through all of them, too, believe it or not. Wow. <laughs> well, Iron Fist was one that, like, some people didn't like that first season. So, you know, I'm kind of surprised that you went through the whole second season yeah. in one sitting. Now, as I recall, Mo, you you weren't so critical of the first season. You liked it. It was okay. Like I, said, I thought it was okay. an okay season. You know, I thought a lot of all people right. were bashing it. I thought a little unnecessarily, but, mm-hmm. but it definitely was not as strong as the other ones they've done. Let me Fair. tell you, man, whoever was paying attention said, okay, <laughs> we're going to fix this. And so here's how we're going to fix it. <laughs> wow. Okay. So they had a definite agenda going in. It sounds definite like. agenda. They, a lot more action, which is always good because he's a martial artist, right? right. How can you not right. have a lot yeah. of action, right? <laughs> right. He's not a philosopher. Right. Yeah. He's not a philosopher. He's not a deep thinker, really. The whole thing from beginning to end, it had like a lot of like intrigues. There was a lot of kind of, there was, it was just like one main plot. They didn't do like a whole bunch of subplots, which was good because sometimes they get so convoluted trying to keep track of all these little things. So they kept it pretty focused throughout the whole thing. At the end, it has one of the best fight scenes I have seen just oh, on any of these okay. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. It was freaking amazing. Cool. And at the very, very end, it has one of those um, moments where you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, that was cool, but what? <laughs> you know, whatever it was. Because you're like, what? Wow. Sounds like they may have redeemed themselves in the second season. In my opinion, I think they totally redeemed themselves. They have a lot less of the main actor you know, who plays Iron Fist. I mean, he's in it. Uh-huh. He's still the main character, but <laughs> well, there's much less of the main character. They in spent it? a lot. Yeah, they, they did. They actually had a lot less of them, which actually I think was good because the, the uh-huh. secondary characters are all really strong. I was going to say they did character development for everybody else this season, didn't they? Yeah, they did pretty much. Yeah. That was one of the knocks against the first season that it was focused so much on him that you mm-hmm. didn't care that much about the other characters, especially the bad characters. I mean, you need to care about the bad characters. You need to hate them. And in the first mm-hmm. season, it was hard to do that because you just didn't know that much about him. It actually does a good job of making you totally sympathetic to the bad guy in this one. Oh, okay. He's still bad. 
<laughs> it's, it's always good when bad guys aren't just black and white. They're yeah, gray. Exactly. Like, right. I get it, right? A yep. good bad guy does, he doesn't see himself as bad. He thinks he's doing the right thing. Exactly. Right? That, that's what it is. He thinks he's righteous. He thinks he's doing what's mm-hmm. good. In the course of doing all that, of course, he just is doing evil. He just doesn't realize it. Definitely, I, I give this one a high high grade. If I had tokens, I'd probably say of all of them, about four out of five. Sweet. Well, all right. I mean, I was planning on watching it anyway, so now I have even extra incentive to watch it. There you go. Maybe you can binge it now instead of going to see searching. No, go see searching. Go see searching. <laughs> then go back and binge it. <laughs> go see searching is quicker. <laughs> yeah. All right. You say they don't make things like they used to. Well... They still make Lionel's big and rugged like when we were kids. This Christmas, don't give your children anything less than your father gave you. A big, rugged Lionel train. Could you use a helping hand on your next electronics project? Quad Hands is the ultimate third hand helping hands vice and hobby station. The first thing you'll notice is how heavy a quad hands is. It's made from solid steel and then coated with a baked on powder coat for a durable finish. And the rubber feet are gonna keep it from sliding on your bench and give you a nice sturdy work surface. Those flexible all metal gooseneck arms feature rotating alligator clips to hold your boards and wires firmly in place. And removable silicone covers come pre-installed on those clips to protect those delicate wires and boards. And those arms can be put anywhere you need them. No fumbling around with awkward joints that are difficult to position. The quad hands was designed to help you do your best work it's built to last right here in the USA and backed by a lifetime guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Order yours today from Amazon or quadhands.com. Gen X Grown Up podcast listeners can save 20%. Just use offer code GENXUP20. That's G-E-N-X-U-P-2-0. For your next project, let a quad hands hold what your hands create. Hey, let's get to one of my favorite parts of the show is hearing about the latest tech toys and gadgets that you guys have been looking at lately. Mm-hmm. Yep. John, I know you got something that's, uh, you have a quick update for us. I do. Yeah, remember the last episode, I talked about getting the new Galaxy Watch. Mm-hmm. Which I saw it, looks sharp as hell, have to admit. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, it's nice. So the, the quick update, just two quick things. You remember the main thing I talked about that I was really enthusiastic about it was the battery life. Mm-hmm. Right. I wanted that battery life for it. I got it. I did what I said I was going to do. I turned on all the bells and whistles. I had the face literally always on. Worst case. (laughs) Yeah. Worst case scenario. I wanted to just peg it, all the settings to 11, right? Yeah. So I wore it every day when we were together at Dragon Con, right? Running around, doing stuff, always getting notifications, everything for like a 12, 14 hour day. Get back to the hotel room. Look at my watch. 80%. Not bad at all. 80%. That's crazy. It could easily run. Maybe it could run four days pegged. I've never tried. Don't care. I always charge it at night, but definitely lived up to the hype of uh, the battery life. So if you're wondering about that, that's really awesome. The second thing though I want to mention is I got the uh, the chrome uh, chrome and black one, the 46 millimeter one, and there's a small design flaw in it, which is the the you know the, the rotating bezel thing where you can turn and navigate the watch, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that thing is actually chrome. And there's like a thin powder coat dusting of matte black on it, Uh-oh. which what it means is since I live in the real world, it didn't take me more than a few days to ding it up against something and scuff that off. And I had this like, it looked like a gouge, but it's not. It was just like that black paint had scuffed off and it looked really ugly. Right. So pro tip, every Galaxy Watch owner should also purchase a black Sharpie. Okay. All right. <laughs> Problem solved. <laughs> I took a black Sharpie. And I was able to color in where that matte black, it matches perfectly. It blends in. So the one problem I have with the watch is really cosmetic is that it scratches and scuffs easily just on that ring. Black Sharpie is what you will need 
to get that fixed. But aside from that, Galaxy Watch is working out really well. I just want to do a quick update. Nice. Never underestimate Gen X ingenuity. That's right. That's right. We, by golly, we will MacGyver the hell out of it if we need to. You bet. If it can, it can be fixed with duct tape and Sharpies, we'll fix it. That's right. You got it. A little bubble gum and bailing wire. George, while we were at Dragon Con, you and I were sharing a room and we went back and forth about the benefits of wireless charging. You were not on the wireless charging bandwagon for your phone. And I am hip deep in wireless charging for my stuff. And you started to kind of come around to it. And I think you ended up, you were going to pick something up and give it a shot, right? Yeah. We talked a little bit about it. And just for backstory, the reason why I wasn't on the bandwagon. I had a case that I kind of liked for my phone. I had a metal plate on it to allow me to connect it to the mount in my car dashboard. Oh yeah. That thing is the bane of wireless chargers everywhere. Exactly. (laughs) So I just never got into them. Probably three months ago, I found a little deal on those magnetic wired chargers where the little connection breaks magnetically and then attaches oh, itself nub. again. The little yep. nub thing. Yeah. I was talking with you about it. And I was like, you know, this doesn't make any sense the way they sell it to you. They gave me three or four of the nubs, but only one cable. Well, I don't want to have to carry the cable with me everywhere. <laughs> right. I want right. to be able to right. just nub up or whatever you want to call that damn thing. <laughs> Whoa, easy. <laughs> this oh, this God, is a family show. Yeah, we'll have uh, no nubbing up here. Yeah, there's no nubbing. There's a no nub zone. <laughs> right. And you started telling me what you did, which was you had the one cable in your car that did the magnetic connection. But then at your home and wherever else you were, you had that wireless base charger. And so that was Mm -hmm. what you charged your phone on in those places. And the only place you use the cable was in your car. And I'm like, Oh, that's kind of a smart idea. I guess John's a good friend. So So no need to denub. No need to denub. I went out and I started looking through Amazon. I found one that I liked, uh, got it in last night and tried it out. It's the Nanami QI, you, what's that? You call, you had a chi. You call it chi. Key, chi? What the chi? Okay. That's, uh, it's pronounced chi. Okay. I had to look it up the first time I did wireless charging. It's QI. It's QI. That's, I'm QI. That's all I'm calling it. So the Nanami QI charger. (laughs) And I went ahead and bought two of them because I wanted one at home where I sleep and then another one for my office. So whenever I'm at the office, if I happen to notice that I've used that phone a lot that day and I want to charge it up real quick, can drop it on the charger or just set it there during the day when I'm watching because these charger stands, they're really nice in the angle of orientation that they have. It's almost like if you want to lay it in a landscape mode, They'll charge that way. It's just like having, you know, a kickstand on, you know, your mobile device's case or anything so that if you're right, watching yeah. some content on it. Sits at a nice little angle. is right yeah. up Yeah. And you're charging at the same time. Yeah. How does this help you with the car mounts issue? Don't you still have the case with the plate on it? No, I took the case off. And that's another thing that John and I discussed. Yeah. I've had that case and it's a decent looking case, but, you know, it's kind of crap. So I'm not going to do the magnetic <laughs> charge. The, it's decent, but it's crap. It's, you know, I'm not going to do the magnetic mounting anymore. I think eventually what I'm going to do is I'm going to buy one of those radios for my car that has Google Go or whatever that thing is that you have in your Android account. Auto. Android yeah, Auto. Android Auto. Awesome. I'm going to get one of those that has that. So I won't be using my phone as a visual aid in the car for like you know, maps and things like that as I'm driving. You just need to dock it. I just need to dock it for charging and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. In the car, I'm going to have the nub. (laughs) He's still nubbing. (laughs) I'm still nubbing. (laughs) 
<laughs> no need to denub. We've established right. that. So how are they working for you? You're, are you? Yeah, it's I, working I know you great. just got them. I did. I put it on there. It immediately started charging. Which you remember, John? You had that little cheap one that you had. Mm-hmm. I mean, not that this is yep. cheap, but I was having problems finding. And the you have to get the target. Spot. Yeah. Right. Right. But yep. with this one, it's got two coils in it. You set this on there, it's almost impossible to not get it to charge. Oh, good. I tried. Like, I was, like, hanging it off the side (laughs) and, like, trying to put... But as soon as you put it on the little lip of the charger at the base, it starts charging right away. And it's very fast. That's our George. His first thing he thought of is try to break it. I did. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, of course. (laughs) I'm really happy with it. It's 20 bucks on Amazon. Well, most major phones now, even the iPhones, do wireless charging, right, Mo? Oh, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. All right. We'll put a link down to the show notes. You want to check it out. Yeah. I, I like the design. We looked it up. And so uh, yeah. now that you've uh, done the stress testing for me, I might pick one up I as know. well. <laughs> this time I got to be the kind of early adopter of the group, even though this has been out for like 20 years, probably. George thinks this is early adopting of wireless charging. It is to me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Even the iPhone has wireless charging now. <laughs> yeah, but it doesn't have a, it doesn't have a headphone jack. This is true. <laughs> While we're talking about charging, there was something that I wanted to bring up that is uh, is grinding my gears that I see more and more. The latest phones, uh, real phones, not the iPhones, have <laughs> USB-C now, yeah. right? Not the USB micro. First of all, the USB-C form factor is amazing. Yeah. It's what lightning is, frankly, but it's more universal. It be, really, yeah. It's reversible. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's more powerful. It's fast charging. It's data and all that. It's video, everything. Yeah. So I'm frustrated because it's so good and it's nowhere. What? Okay. <laughs> I don't know if you remember how long it took for USB to start making its way to computers. Right. And then it took another few years for it to make its way to the front of the computer. People realized, oh, you know, this is not just a plug in your keyboard. It was more data conscious. So the USB type B, I believe that's called a type A. Type A, was type the first a one. is the first one. That's the one that's on your computer now, right? The, yes. The wide that's one. top yeah. A. Yep. Yeah. So the USB type A is everywhere. It's ubiquitous. Yeah. Right. So if you have a USB-C cable now, it's USB-A on one end Mm -hmm. and USB-C on the other, right? Right. Yeah, because you plug it in your phone. Got it. Okay. Well, that's everywhere. Now, I'm starting to run into laptops and PCs that have USB-C on the computer. So now I don't have any of those cables that have USB-C on both ends. Oh, right. Yeah. And I still have devices that are micro usb so now I'm going to need cables that have USB-C on one end and micro on the other end. <laughs> and I just read that Apple- There's a new standard. No. Is, no, no, no. Well, Apple is talking <laughs> about including a USB-C to lightning cable in the next phone, which is another, like, right. it's like, yes, we acknowledge USB-C is good, but we're not using it to plug into our phone. We're just going to use it to plug into the charger block. So the charging block that comes with the phone is going to be a USB-C port, but lightning on the other end to plug into your phone still. And it feels like VHS to DVD to Blu-ray. It's like the standards are moving so slowly. I still have devices that use micro. I have ones that use USB-C. No, no, it's crazy. It's not that the standards are moving slowly. It's that the adoption is moving slowly. That's the problem that you're True. Having. Absolutely right. right. That's, that's, what, that's what I meant to say. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. Where USB-C is amazing, it's actually causing me more heartache because I love that it's like on my phone, but that, that phone is like the only thing that uses it. And I've got to have that. But anything I want to plug into anything else, I'm starting to need more and more adapters. Yeah, I know what you mean. By the time everyone adopts it, it what's the It'd next thing? USB-C. D is going to be along. I mean, geez, there's going to be something on the near horizon that's probably going to replace it. And we're going to be 
left with all these USB-C cables and like, damn it. <laughs> yeah. And you nailed my concern. My concern is that the adoption is going so slowly because of how firmly entrenched USB-A and micro USB were that by the time USB-C really gets a foothold, the next thing is going to be, a, you know, and then they were stuck. Right. <sighs> it was frustrating me when I had, you know, the new watch and then I had this and then I, and then I read about the lightning cable to USB-C thing coming and I'm like, I wanted a place to rant about it. I'm like, you know what? We have a podcast. I'll rant about it there. So <laughs> I'll subject the other two to listen for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> Gen X Grown Up. I'm Matt Man. I'm Tommy Two Stars. And together, we're the Deep, Deep Fried Geeks. A weekly podcast where we talk about movies, comics, TV shows, food, gaming, and general geek news. That's right. Sometimes, we even have celebrity guests. Oh yeah, like who? Like Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> the Incredible Hulk. Hulk wanna sit here while we pod. Pee Wee Herman. <laughs> you guys are the funniest guys in the world. <laughs> Christopher Walken. You know, I've never been on a better podcast. I think I like it a lot. And Gollum from Lord of the Rings. So if you like Loudmouse, you guys are a little bit too awesome for your taste, but you know what? That's okay anyway. Then make sure you check us out anywhere where you listen to your podcast. Keep calm and geek on. What is it's, why is you allow this to go on? I don't know what happened. <laughs> it's super slow motion games. Uh, no, I was trying to talk like to the whales, like Dory does in Finding Nemo. I thought oh, that maybe oh, the I whales see. hadn't listened to the podcast yet. You're probably right. That's fair. Yeah, you realize that you know we could hear our viewers like falling off the edge of the cliff <laughs> as that was going on, right? <laughs> okay, fine. We're going to talk about games since nobody Good. enjoys my Fantastic. ingenuity and my creativity. John, what the hell are you playing? <laughs> I had a great idea for a game. Tell me what you think. We all know Pac-Man, right? Familiar right. with Pac-Man? Yeah. The amazing classic arcade game everyone's heard of. Oh yeah, love it. And have you seen the uh, the Pac-Man animated TV show from the 80s? Remember oh, yeah, that? Of yeah. course, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Okay. He had a dog in that called Chomp Chomp. Sure. Remember that? Yeah, I remember okay. that. Okay. All right. So what do you think about a new game? It's Pac-Man. But when he's running around the maze, there's no dots to eat, and his dog is running around with him. There's ghosts, but you can't turn the ghost blue. There's no power pellets or anything. Like, you just eat fruit. Okay. You're not just coming up with this. You've seen this. This is a game. I knew it was. There's no way you were that detailed and just came up with it. Doesn't it sound stupid? It sounds really stupid, stupid. actually. (laughs) I was thinking that. I'm like, that doesn't sound like fun at all. I was trying to be nice. I wasn't going to say anything about how bad that sounded because it was John's idea. I was hoping you would tell me it sounded stupid because (laughs) it sounds stupid. I was reading something the other day and I came across this thing that mentioned Pac-Man and Chomp Chomp. Caught your attention. I'm like, oh yeah, from the animated series. No, 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 no. There's a game, 1983, (laughs) called Pac-Man and Chomp Chomp. Yes. What? Wow. There's a Pac-Man game I had never, ever played. That's like two years after the original because the original is an 81 title. Exactly. And so- so lately, I have been obsessed with this 1983 Pac-Man game called Pac-Man and Chomp Chomp. Now, <laughs> you 
you may have actually heard of it. That was the title? Yeah, it's called Pac-Man and Chomp Chomp. That's a hell of a marquee to have above an arcade cabinet. That was in Japan. It was called that. It was slightly rebranded. You might have heard it called Pac and Pal. Uh, nope, mm, doesn't ring a bell. No. No? Okay, uh-uh. all right. Well, so per Pac and Pal, they changed the sprite for the dog, and it's I, I don't know what the hell it is. It's a little green blob. It made more sense as, a, as the dog. But anyway. <laughs> Wait a minute. So when did the animated series come out? Did they base this off of the animated series, or was it the other way around? It was based on the animated series. I think the animated series was like uh, 82, maybe. Was it that early? I mean, they were probably developing this before that, though, because it takes a while to develop the whole game, I would think. Well, you would think. (laughs) (laughs) Unless it's just really that bad. Well, no. So the thing is, it's very much based on Super Pac-Man. Oh, I remember Super Pac-Man. Yeah, I know that one. You would eat the pellet and you would join the giant screen and you could even chomp through the fake the walls that you had to use keys for. That's right. Exactly. Yeah. Pac-Man and Chomp Chomp is very much like Super Pac-Man. There's no dots to eat. For some reason, you have to eat these little playing cards that flip over to open doors instead of having keys. I don't know why. What? And and yeah, and the ghost, you can never kill the ghost. You could just eat something that powers you up and you can shoot the ghosts and they kind of get dizzy for a while. Pac-Man shooting things now? Yeah. Now, George, stay with me. Okay. (laughs) There's more. On the first two levels, the power up is a little Galaga symbol. Uh What? The Galaga ship? Listen, yes. And what you shoot at the ghost when you power up is the tractor beam that normally sucks up your ship. You're kidding me. (laughs) And then in the later <laughs> levels, you eat a Rally X car. And what, what you shoot. <laughs> what? Yes, listen. And what you shoot is the smoke you throw okay. out the back of your Rally oh X car. Pac-Man spits it out. <laughs> That's it. I'm, I'm done. Not this is not this a up. real game. This is John trolling me and Mo. Oh, it is. Guys this out is there. Why. In, everybody listening to the podcast, ignore John at this point. He's just <laughs> trolling us. There's no <laughs> way anybody put all those games together. I, mm, I I think I need to live stream this game. I'm so obsessed what? with this game. I'd never seen it before. How are you going to live stream it when it doesn't exist? I know this is oh. fake. This is fake oh, news. But it does. This is all oh, but it fake does. news. I, I will bet you a wireless Nanami Chi charger that it exists. <laughs> it's, it's QI. <laughs> that just sounds bizarre. Wow. You, you know, you go through the list of games in your main emulator and you're like, yeah, there's a 50,000 games in there and they're all like clones of something else. This was not something I'd ever seen. I totally missed it. That just sounds crazy. (laughs) You go look for something to play and you're like, I forget that I have 50,000 games I've never played. And here's a Pac-Man title I'd never played. If you're going to live stream this one, I'm definitely going to be there. You need to. I just want to see the train wreck that becomes this live stream. (laughs) (laughs) You might be pleasantly surprised. There's so many crazy things that are like, you know what else? There's no uh, side door. There's no like teleporter at the side. No, it's so much crazy stuff. That's bizarre. (laughs) Are there more levels like instead of Rally X and Galaga later on, you're grabbing the Defender ship and you're shooting the little (laughs) red dot. Guys, George, George, you're enabling you. him. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> at this point, I can just make stuff up, pretend it's real. Right. <laughs> and then there's Dragon's Lair. <laughs> In a later level, you pick up a trumpet and you blow musical notes. Oh, come on. It's real. Oh, it's real. my God. It's like a Pac-Man fever dream. I cannot <laughs> wait to play this on Peyote. <laughs> Pac-Man and Chomp Chomp. If you've never seen it, if you got it on your emulator, you ought to check it out. And if you don't, Apparently, there'll be a live stream coming up on the oh, Genix Grown Up Oh, stay tuned on our YouTube channel. channel.
This <laughs> is not a train wreck. <laughs> George, how about you? What have you been playing? All right. I've been playing a throwback as well. Not quite as far back as what you've been playing. Not, not to 83? Not to 83. <laughs> I've been playing back to like a year ago. Life is Strange, but the mobile game version. Oh, yeah. I saw they came out with that. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. I picked it up. I think it was free if I remember right. I'm pretty sure I didn't pay for it. And <laughs> it came out right at the same time that the um, video game that came out to announce Life is Strange was going to have another season. Oh, it's uh, Captain Spirit. Captain Spirit. Captain yes. Spirit. Yeah, the awesome adventures of Captain Spirit. Yeah. So right at the same time when that came out and I finished playing that, like within a week, this Life is Strange mobile, I got an announcement then that said, oh, Life is Strange mobile is out. And I'm like, how are you going to do that game on mobile? That's not <laughs> right. Because you're on the Life is Strange sucker mailing list. It was, yeah. I certainly As am. we all are. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> right. So I downloaded it and played. Holy crap, is this thing play well on mobile? I was really surprised. I played it on both my phone and my tablet. It's fun on both. I will suggest that you get a Bluetooth controller because playing it with thumbs on the screen doesn't work. Yeah. Thumbs with any game is a pain. Yeah. But, yeah. but playing it with a Bluetooth controller, which I've done, I've got one of those that has the little mount for your cell phone at the top of it. Mm-hmm. It's a brilliant little game. It's a great adaptation. It plays true to what I remember from the first season of Life is Strange. Cool. Obviously, the first season of Life is Strange wasn't a graphics hog, probably, and that's why it can be translated to mobile, and it's not super action-oriented. You know, it's just yeah. choices and things like that. Sure, yeah. They probably just have to reduce the polygon count. And yeah. Yeah. I like it when they uh, move some of the Telltale games, like the Walking mm-hmm. Dead version and stuff, to mobile. Those right. play really, really well. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's a great way to grow the audience in a different way because not everybody's going to keep playing on PCs like we will. I mean, we're going to keep playing on mm-hmm. PCs because that's what we're most comfortable with. That's what we know the most. But a lot of the younger generation, their go-to gaming device is that phone or that yeah, tablet. Yeah, right. Absolutely. No, no kidding. Yeah. You know, you're opening yourself up to a whole new audience. And the pacing of that game it really lends itself to, you know, a subway ride or, yeah. you know, a backseat car drive. Right. or so. It's, it's not like I have to blast three more levels of Alien. It's like, oh, I'm going to read some more of this story. It's like mm-hmm. I'm reading a novel that's animated. Yep. Yeah, I could see that really translating well. It's breathtaking how well it was done. No better time to catch up. Life is Strange 2 is just a few weeks yeah, away. Yeah. I know, right? Yeah, it's My coming. only anxiety with that is how fast can I slow myself down from playing it so I don't play it all <laughs> in the first day and then be yeah, like, waiting for the, the next episode. Right. Yeah. You know, we began working long before we open our Pizza Hut restaurant. Looks like Mr. Emery's got us another load of fresh vegetables. Jack and Rudy mix up fresh dough. The way we make pizza and pasta and sandwiches makes for some extra work. I know before we wrap up the show, we always like to take a glimpse forward at the things that we're looking forward to in media, games, tech, whatever it may be between now and the next time we get together. Mo, what are you looking forward to in the coming days? Okay, so this is another one of these like train wreck movie things that I know <laughs> nobody else is going to want it. Like people, most normal people will not think this is a great movie, but I'm going to go see it no matter what. Okay. Which is The Predator. They're making another what? Predator movie. Yep. Yeah. Are they rebooting it or? No, no, no. No, it's just, it's another. Yeah, some yeah. kid accidentally recalls the Predators back to Earth. Oh, and, good Lord. And mayhem ensues, I assume. Has it the well, whole like, planet Keegan-Michael figured Key out? Keegan-Michael Key is in it. Keegan-Michael Key is in it. Yeah. <laughs> 
Sometimes that the whole planet figured out about that the predators exist and we've got defenses by now and stuff. They haven't figured nope. that out yet. Oh no, 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 no. <laughs> Good Lord. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Come on. You know, it's not going to be a great movie, but I am totally going to be there to watch it. <laughs> when I first saw the trailer for this, I thought it was a college humor joke trailer. <laughs> And I'm like, oh, wait, it's a real thing. It's not a spoof. Huh, all right. They're actually making this. No. I'm like, oh, look, they got Keegan-Michael Key to be in the spoof. And like, oh, no, he's really in this he's movie. Really in well, <laughs> they did just come out with the Meg, so. Which was a good which movie. Was I'll a defend good movie. it. Yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, it was no Happy Time Murders. Okay. <laughs> but it wasn't had Fair no puppets. <laughs> you can't make a bad puppet movie. That's why. So, <laughs> yeah, I'll probably see The Predator also. I don't, I don't know. I'm not thrilled for it, but. If somebody calls me and said, do you want to go see it? I'll probably go see it. <laughs> really? I'm going to call from Tallahassee. Will you drive well, to call Tallahassee? Go, go see ahead. It? I might. On, you, don't know. you don't know. Keegan you don't know Key me. And has Olivia Munn in it. So, you know, come Olivia on. Munn? Really? Yeah. <laughs> Again, it's a college humor spoof. I'm it telling is. you. It's what the trailer looked like. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I am looking forward to something that is not a college humor spoof. It's actually something that reinvigorated the whole platform of podcasting. Oh, yeah. talking about. Some years back. Serial yep. season yeah. three is coming out in just a couple of weeks. Is this that murder show you kept trying to get me to watch all or listen to all the time? It was about a murder. It's the first season. The, the thing about Serial, and it made people so much more aware of podcasts because it struck a nerve, kind of like making a murderer struck a nerve for, you know, people on Netflix about, you know, true crime kind of stuff. And it wasn't so much what it was about, which was interesting. It was about, uh, you know, a girl who was murdered, a high school girl, and this boyfriend is in prison for it. And the point is, it's so well produced. Uh, It's pedigree comes straight out of This American Life. And after Serial, I mean, podcasting exploded. I mean, it was always a thing, but it just, it, it blew up. And they wait until they're damn good and ready to put out a new season. And a, a third season is going to start September 20th now. Yeah. And the whole thing I really like about it, it's it's about telling the story. That's right. And, and it's not trying to promote a single viewpoint about that story. It's really just kind of saying, okay, here's what's going on. You know, you make your own judgment on it. The second season was pretty controversial. Yeah. It was all around uh, the trial of Bo Bergdahl, yeah. the guy who uh, went AWOL, or he left his platoon, then he got captured. And I mean, whatever it's about it's interesting to listen to the production value is so high I, mean, I listen to it both for entertainment value for kind of information value and also to learn how to make a good show because the production value is so yeah, high very so, very high it's good stuff that i'm looking forward to i will be listening to serial again just like every uh you know every other podcast obsessed person on the planet <laughs> just sure. like we all did so. well me being the late adopter i'll have to go back and start listening at season one i don't think you'll be sorry no, not at all <laughs> george how about you what are you looking forward to my man well i'm looking forward to something that i saw that actually already came out. So it's kind of, you are the early adopter looking forward to section. I am the early (laughs) adopter and I'm just flipping through a couple of channels to see what things I have recorded. And my TV had been left on, I think it was the sci-fi channel. I'm not even sure. Really. I look up when I hit the guide button instead of the list to look at my recorded programs Mm -hmm. and it says the purge. And I'm like, Oh, if the purge is on, I have to watch it. That's kind of a rule that I have. I watched the first one, really enjoyed it, really liked, oddly enough, the second Purge film. Really? That was probably my favorite so far. A lot of people didn't like that one, but I enjoyed it. The third one, eh, it was okay, but I still liked it. I don't know why I enjoy the thought process behind the whole societies devolve so badly that we have to have this one lawless night just to let go of our <laughs> hatred of humanity in this like one a pressure release so that will be normal the rest yeah. of the year. Yeah. I won't, I won't, I've never watched one. I won't judge you though, since I've never actually seen it. They okay. always struck me as like, really? 
But if you enjoyed it, more power to you. All right, go ahead. There's some decent story in there. Well, there's now a Purge TV show. What? Yeah. What, a series? That's the thing that was on my TV. A series. Huh. <laughs> okay. So it, they, they have I'm a like, Purge every week? I don't week? know how it's going to be a series. I don't know. <laughs> is it, is it one episode a year? That's why I'm looking forward is to it. The Purge is like an I annual thing, right? It was an annual thing once per year. Huh. Are they going to do it like 24 where the whole season is going to be one hour? Oh, of right. Yeah. The purge night. Maybe? <laughs> okay. I don't know. Hmm. I'm kind of confused by it. So I'm going to watch so it. We're intrigued than, uh, than anything. I can't say that I was like, oh my God, I have to watch it. No, it was just like, <laughs> what the hell is this on my TV? It's more of a, oh my God, I have to watch this. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's, a diff- it's a different kind of have to watch it. A different tone, yeah, exactly. Right? Well, you'll have to let us know if it's worth yeah, it. Yeah, really. I'll try. Oh, or not. Yeah. <laughs> Where you going, Susie? To spend the night at Kathy's. Bet you're excited. A little scared, too, Milton. I've never slept away from home. That's only natural. I was nervous my first night here. Really? Sure. I didn't know if you'd like Kellogg's Pop-Tarts, but you did. If anything in this episode has piqued your interest, we've put links in the show notes you can click on to find out more. Catch up on past shows and be alerted every week when a new one drops by subscribing to us in Google Play, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, TuneIn, iTunes, or wherever you like to listen. While in iTunes, take a second to rate and review the show. And if you have a friend who isn't yet listening, why not? Tell them about us. They'll thank you later. We'd love to hear from our fourth listener, so email your thoughts, suggestions, questions, ideas, or complaints on this or any other episode to podcast at genxgrownup.com. And finally, Gen X Grown Up is so much more than just this podcast. You can also find our video content on YouTube or explore our entire body of work on our website at genxgrownup.com. That will wrap it up for another episode of the Gen X Grown Up Podcast. We will be back in two weeks with the regular show. And next week with the backtrack, you know, that's where we pick a single topic from our Gen X youth and dig in deep. The topic we're going to dig into next week, guys, collectible cards. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I had a few of those in you my day. You now. We're going to talk about the... <laughs> yep. I still yeah, have I them. do. I have a bunch in the closet still. <laughs> yep. We'll talk about the experience of collecting them, caring for them, what kind of stuff we collected, how it's changed. That'll be on next week's Backtrack. But for now, I am John... Mo, thank you so much for being here. Always fun, man. George, I sure appreciate you. Yes, sir. And most importantly, fourth listener, we appreciate you for listening, (laughs) and we will talk to you next time. Bye-bye. Bye, everybody. See you guys. This podcast is an affiliate of the GWW Radio Network. Visit Geeks Worldwide at thegww.com for news, reviews, and opinions on video games, comics, TV, cosplay, and more. That was fun to put together. It was fun to watch. I was really surprised how well it came out. Yeah, I compressed the whole like hour down to just about 10 minutes. Yeah, God, it was a good 10 minutes, though. It was a Fucking solid 10 minutes. Phone. Oops. No, my fault. Y- y'all had fucking phone. <laughs> I'll be right back. Sorry. It's, Go ahead. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's right. That's what editing's for. Yeah, exactly. It happens. <laughs> In a world infatuated with comic fandom comes a show to help us remember the talents that have inspired us. Whoa, 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 cut. Oh, come on. It wasn't come that on. bad. It's a bit dramatic. Let's just tell them about the show, guys. We are the Canned Air Podcast. Join us weekly for a comedic trip through pop culture. We also welcome some cool comic creators, as well as some of the voice and screen actors that help shape your childhood. Find us on CandairPodcast.com and on the Evergreen Podcast Network.